Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com everyone thanks for listening to the western hunting up podcast got some really great feedback uh on this last week's episode just an awesome story uh from max and uh it was good i really enjoyed hearing about it just a simple story but yet one that i was intrigued and and was interested in listening to is is really really good so uh if you got a interesting story and you want to come on the podcast i would love to to have that especially if it's elk or bear something september wise to add to uh the the list of episodes playing while i'm gone in september so i need to get some recorded Uh, i got a few in the books to get done before i head out goals to have something every week uh up until then and during uh archery season elk season so should be something there uh Appreciate y'all sticking with me and enjoying the the episodes. I still love doing this. We're going on a year, like three and a half of this podcast with 166 episodes, somewhere in there, 67. This would be 68-ish. I don't know, somewhere in there. But anyway, uh, I posted on my Instagram a job posting. Um, if you want to be my coworker at the South Dakota Game Fisher Parks, there is a naturalist position open. Naturalist really doesn't define what I do uh or what this person will do it is hunting and fishing education not teaching hunter education classes maybe um actually yeah i'd love to have some help teaching some of those but main thing what i do is just hunter recruitment retention and reactivation of of sportsmen and and take a lot of adults um a lot of kids a lot of families uh mostly families i don't don't typically take a lot of kids uh out it's uh, our, our mission is to focus on family. So uh, if you're interested in looking for a job in the outdoors or sharing the outdoors with people, there's a job available for the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks in Rapid City, South Dakota. Pretty average pay, um, below average maybe, and uh, benefits are great, are really, really good. We have an amazing retirement uh, set up here in South Dakota, so check that out. Uh, should be a pretty solid applicant pool. So I'm looking forward to that. It's someone I'm going to be working with on a daily basis. And hopefully we get get a good one for that because it's it's an awesome, awesome job. I've had amazing jobs in my career and this one tops it. It tops any of them. It's been great. So anyway, moving on. If you have enjoyed this episode or last episodes, uh, go give me a rating. That'd be great. Positive rating and maybe a little comment on there. Appreciate that. We are well into, actually, we are way past any like new bow season. If you just got a new bow, you're way too late. 
Um, we're past the tinkering season, most definitely past the three D season. When I first started this episode on arrow setup and and uh, it's really not arrow builds. I, I've got the name of this episode is arrow builds. I'm changing that right now. This is just pre hunt preparation. And I don't know what to name that. I'll come up with something a little bit better than that. Uh, but this is this is not necessarily just an arrow build. I'm not not focused on the length of FOC, the uh, some of those details in there. Um, yes, the the fletchings, but I am thinking of my best tool for hunting, not for 3D season, none of that. Uh, and so in previous years, that's what I've been focused on. I've been so focused on having, all right, what can this little field point do? How can I get that to hit within an inch to half an inch at every possible yard uh, I can shoot at? How can I get that kind of accuracy? I want to be able to, um, I want to do well at 3D shoots and I want to do well um, shooting in my backyard. That doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, that's not what's important in the fall. Shooting a good group with your field points is not that important later on. It's shooting a good group with your broadheads. So I have been putting a giant focus lately on broadheads. That is really what matters. If we've been, if you've been just pulling, shooting field points, uh, I, I think you're, you're missing the boat here. You don't shoot animals with field points. Uh, your bow might be dialed perfectly for your field points um and your your bow your broadheads match that good for you most people aren't and mine aren't quite there uh, i don't think it's a tuning thing maybe it's a tuning thing there it would be some very finite tuning to get get those matching i know that's a, a thing that can be done but man is that a hard thing to do for the common person to try and get those those broadheads to shoot just like your field points it's it's tricky especially when you're shooting fixed blade and a few other things but if you think about it those are not going to shoot the same if you remember from your basics physics class in high school you have this little teeny field point with uh very little wind resistance just flying through the air when you you add a field point or sorry a broadhead a big fixed one if you had even a mechanical that has pretty streamlined profile to it it doesn't matter there is still uh, some drag uh, there is some wind resistance and maybe even a little spin added to that or taken away so we really need to focus on um, how are those broadheads shooting that's the big thing so i want to share with you in this episode uh some things that i did um, to feel confident. And that's my big thing. I want to feel confident in my broadheads, just like when I'm going to a 3D shoot and it's a total larger challenge. And I see that, um, that buck at 57 yards. And I know exactly where that broadhead's going or where that field point is going. I want to have that same confidence with my broadheads. So this is what I did. Uh, take it or leave it. Don't know if it's the best, but this is what I did. Thanks for listening. All right, to feel good about your shooting. I noticed some phases of confidence and those phases kind of came, let's just, I, I guess if you can shoot year round, good for you. Uh, I'm working on that setup. I'm 
working on a heated garage and I'm going to put my bag target in there and I'll be able to shoot five yards uh, enough to work on form. Uh, I need to check height on that, make sure my bow doesn't hit the eight foot ceiling, but uh, it's, that's a legitimate concern for me. Uh, so there is the majority of us who are not shooting year round. Uh, you Arizona guys down there, you probably shoot a little bit longer um, outside, but we certainly can't up here in South Dakota. We got to spread our shooting shooting out into those warmer months or find ways to shoot inside. And it just gets harder. Um, I've got access to an indoor range, but it, it just gets harder dealing with that. And it's also lack of motivation. Maybe the season's not here. Um, shame on you. Good for you. Whatever you're moving on to other things. It's no big deal. But when you do pick up that bow, whether that's January or if it's April, uh, we, I noticed there was a, little change in the confidence so first what was i noticed i kind of labeled these in phrases the first phase was oh i'm out of shooting shape and i noticed the shaking the uh, inability to hold on a point then after shooting a little while and getting steady i realized i had some extreme confidence something just clicked i was shooting and shooting all of a sudden just one day boom just nailing baseballs at 80 yards just beautiful little groups and just extreme confidence. It was, it was good. And then you hit this phase of not sure what's happening here. Things are not matching that extreme confidence or those extreme results. Not sure what's happening. My, I get two little flyers off to the right, the left all the time. What's going on? And you, you start to question your setup. You start to question and you are continually making adjustments to your bow doing uh, sight changes rest changes whatever that is but always doing these random changes it's just because you you don't know what's happening and it just effectively make it worse is what it feels like and then reality sits next phase would be reality set and uh it hits and you settle in um some of that comes back to some good confidence and you settle into okay here's reality i'm shooting good um i'm not overconfident not underconfident I'm shooting pretty good. Um, and from there, it all depends on what happens next. Do you continue to practice? If you give, I noticed every week that I didn't shoot, went on vacation for a week, um, or I had one other thing happen. I got super busy and I wasn't able to do any shooting. So it was like a week at a time. Every one of those weeks I came back just garbage for shooting. So when you have a lapse due to practice, that's where some of that was happening. So right now I've been shooting every other day. And, um, even if it is just a couple arrows, one end of arrows, I'm feeling like that's doing something, but getting just that little bit of practice, uh, is helping me just settle in. And right now I'm settled it. I've got my setup dialed. If you check my Instagram, I had a video up yesterday of some shooting. Uh, don't worry about where those hitting. Cause you have no idea where I was aiming, but I feel great about where those things were hitting. I feel really good and I am ready for the season. I'm, I need to just keep practicing and I'm doing that with field points and broadheads every single day, shooting a little bit of both. And I think that's, what's getting me the confidence that I need. So one of the things that I needed in this process was to have a purpose to my arrow build. Uh, without having a purpose, I don't believe you'll end up with what you want. So I've decided 
I want one arrow for many species. I spent so many hours just developing what would be like a good deer arrow or bear arrow or whatever. It just needs to be one arrow. I don't have time to be messing around with these different setups. I've got a different bow that I could do, but I just want to put all the focus into one bow, one arrow, uh, and, and get it set. So I'm good. It's just like a rifle for me. I like to have one that I use for everything and I can feel pretty good about. So deer is going to be my primary focus. I'm sure I'll be shooting at more deer than anything else. Bear is a possibility. It depends on if what I'm going to carry and when and situation of if we can, uh, get into bow range of one. There's a very small chance I'll need it for elk just because, um, more than one of us has to fill a tag before I go buy one. Maybe antelope. I really, really want to do some archery antelope this year. Uh, that would be way fun, but uh, South Dakota's antelope are not doing so hot. Getting a little better. Um, last year was rough on them. The last three years have been rough on them, and I, I bet they gained some ground this year. But I feel like there's more archery antelope hunters out there than there are actually antelope. So hopefully I can get out, but it's also a time thing. I'll be in in uh colorado doing some archery elk with dad so that's going to be a little trickier to get out to do any any sort of an, an archery antelope so um anyway with this one arrow i'm okay with a really heavy arrow i have to have a heavy arrow i have a 31 and three quarter inch arrow it's pretty much any arrow is full length they're going to be a full length arrow the ones that I've been shooting come stupid long, so I still have to cut. I do have to cut those. Um, the Eastern Axis long range, those got to be cut down just a, uh, an inch or two. And so I like that. They're a 9.4 grains per inch, and my arrow ends up being about 480 grains is what I am shooting right now. So I don't want to be above 500. I don't want to be below 450. 60. And the reason for that is I want to, I don't want to go too heavy because I want to have somewhat of a flatter tra trajectory. Uh, I'm not probably getting that with this, this heavy and narrow, but I do want to have that um, sort of insurance for when you're shooting at an unknown range or a range that you're kind of field estimating. So you could be plus or minus five or 10 yards. So I really want to make sure that, or 20 for whatever reason. Uh, but if you got a story on that, let's hear that. Uh, Cause I got, I got some good ones. Uh, but if you are heavy enough there, if too heavy above 500, you're going to really have some drop in that arrow. Below that, it's not something I want to, below 460, 450, I don't really want to shoot elk with it. I'm sure it's fine, but I want to be nice and heavy so that that arrow has some wallop as it hits that elk and then able to go through. Uh, I want to have a entrance and an exit to put a clean two holes all the way through the animal if possible so that now I can have more blood trail. I, I've heard some research on that and I really like that idea. You won't pass. I'm a pass through guy. I would love to have that. So uh, another thought was I want to have something that can handle the wind. Um, it's important, but realizing that I'm really only shooting the long distance at total archery challenge. Uh, at no point am I really shooting past 60, 70. Um, 80 has got to be a bigger animal and uh, a really good opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to have a have things be a really good op 
good situation. Very little wind or no wind and uh, things to be good in that situation. I guess I did shoot my deer at 70 last year and it was just fine. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Um, so anyway, another thing on that arrow selection, um, I have switched from arrow to arrow to arrow. Um, I've gone with victory. If you've been with me from the beginning, victory was episode like six, seven, eight, uh, had them on. And so I just stuck with them for a while. Awesome arrows. I used the VAP TKOs and those arrows were tough as nails. They are awesome. I really, really liked them and they were great. But then I had a couple of victory elites that I got. I got some cheaper ones one time because I must have not wanted to spend the money on it or $200 for a dozen. So I try to figure out, okay, where can I save some money? Okay, got the elites. And then the elites, even though they're cheaper, shot a little better just out of my bow. And that's something important to know. Just because they shoot better out of my bow doesn't mean they're going to shoot better out of yours. And I've got a new bow since then. So it doesn't mean they're going to shoot any better out of that one. Uh, So anyway, there's still a a four millimeter arrow. That's kind of a big deal for me. And the wind resistance, I want four millimeter arrows. Uh, I love that nice and small arrow. Uh, and I want something kind of tough. The next arrow I went with uh, was some Eastern Axis long ranges. And really where I've come down to owning any one of these particulars is either winning a dozen somewhere or um, getting a good discount on them. I think if you just spend some money on good arrows, it can't go wrong. And I don't think you can really go wrong. There's so many good arrows out there. Uh, but if you wanted to check straightness on them, cut from both ends on the arrows, uh, Chris B put out an awesome video on no bow only is what it was. Bow only put a really good video out on building like the perfect arrow. I thought it was really good. Made a lot of sense. And it was just kind of a fun little thing of taking a dozen and ending up with like two good ones. 
probably going to be real expensive for you. But uh, I know at my bow shop, you could probably go in and, and say, hey, give me 12 blanks. You could spin them on there and pick out the four that you really like. So, um, yeah, that's where I've ended up with my my exact archery setup. So this year, Easton Long Range uh, at 31 and 3 quarter inch or so. Uh, these do have the insert outsert to them. And uh, I haven't had any issues with them. Our bow shop said, forget those things. Maybe they're not the best. I don't know. Um, something up for debate on that. And, and uh, I'm not stuck with them forever. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I just think that spending a little bit more, more money on a quality arrow is going to give you that little bit of better fly, a little more consistency and, and some durability. But I'm digging these four millimeters. The next thing would be the broadhead choice. So I've gone with G5 Montex, a fixed blade, I've used those forever, I've messed around with various different rages, and didn't really have any great success with them until uh, they got better with their locking system and watched some of the things that happen when you smoke a deer with those, just the gaping holes and uh, just some awesome stuff that happens when you hit something with those. Uh, and then I was thinking, oh, I want these iron wheels. I had just all these reviews and things on them. The penetration was the best. Um, the flight was great. The um, the sharpness, the durability, like every, they were just winning everything. And so I was like, okay, I want that. I really want, but the price is just out, outrageous. So I can't, I'm just not doing those. So another one that's similar uh, and what I, why I think that iron wheel does well single bevel cutting on contact not having a a point that has to punch through first and then uh end up losing some of that energy i want something cutting as it goes in uh and the ones i went through left a nice cut on my hand just uh two days ago is the helix uh fixed blade and these guys came out with a new blade this year. It's the FJ4. So it's a was a two blade, and then they just added two little bleeders to it. So that's, they called it the Helix FJ4. Um, it's the old Strickland's, I believe. Um, I think they had some company changes there. But single bevel, you're cutting right away on this thing. Uh, having two and one sixteenth um, cutting diameter. So I'm... Uh, pretty excited about that that should be should be a pretty awesome uh field point and then our bow shop owner uses them like crazy and has used them for everything so i take his word on it he also uses the rage rage tripans but um come to find out and some testing that's not really what i'm after uh so the challenge came when using these fixed blades they need some steering adding enough steering without without adding a lot of drag is, is definitely a challenge. Um, and then the last thing here would be in, and I'm giving you a variety of things, arrow broadhead choice. Um, sorry, purpose, arrow, broadhead and fletching, uh, fletchings are the last thing on just kind of the breakdown of those, those things I was looking for. And I was using a three fletch, a max, flies great easy you seem to win a package of those at every shoot or just you're giving them uh, awesome awesome little fletching uh the fletch is easy i like it uh, been using them for a while 
wanted to look into something a little bit smaller. Uh, AE hybrids, 80 beta little guys. I four fletched them and made, I gave them as much helical as I could. Uh, and that's the best thing I, I found on all my fletching setups. I wanted to go as much helical as possible, but on a four millimeter arrow, it is really difficult to get a lot of uh, helical. But if you think about it, if it is a smaller diameter arrow, it's going to take less helical to get that thing spinning than a five millimeter. That's just basic physics for you. So it sh it'll spin easier. So if I add, it only can add that little bit in there. I don't know if it's more or less. I don't know. I've never tested the, the rotation on them, but I bet you this four millimeter is going to spin spin pretty easily so these aae hybrids itty bitty little guys but that four fletch um they struggled with uh giving any kind of steering to anything too terrible big but one heck of a field point arrow that was that is my go-to right now for a field point arrow for for target season and then uh went to um silent night so silent night was a company an episode i did a few months back and um like okay who who are these guys what do they got um the wraps are awesome i love their wraps they come on and off on as easy as anything but off they come on come off nicely um instead of some of the others i've really really struggled getting them off, but I don't have issues with them coming off when I don't want to. So the wraps are great. And then they're the silent night, uh, fletchings. They're wicked thin, really, really thin. Uh, I didn't notice anything different in sound. Um, the, the company claims that it does, but I will tell you the durability is there on these things. When you barrow, bury an arrow, um, and it gets all wavy, it will eventually go back to that the way it was. And we talked about that in one of those last episodes, um, but it does go back. Um, but the shape of it, I like, I four fletched their silent nights, which is probably a little much, but I wanted ridiculous amount of steering for the, uh, broadhead I was choosing. The other issue with these silent nights is they have the smallest little foot on them. They are a trick to fletch. They're not the easiest to fletch. They now have their own jig, and that probably would be the best option to go for fletching those. I have a Bitsenberger and I have a boning three-fletch um, jig that I like, uh, but once you get into these little teeny-footed things, uh, it's tough. This, yeah, the, this doesn't feel like any of the other fletchings I got. It's really thin and really durable. So for durability, these babies win for um easy to fletch they lose uh, but they did find the steering i needed for the big two blade i messed around with four fletch i messed around with three fletch uh and uh that that's a fun little discovery that i had um in this in this little challenge here of deciding what arrow to go with so after total archery challenge after 3d shoots and all that it was time i've change my focus. It's time to focus on broadheads and how they shoot. Uh, again, I wanted a one arrow for all the species and I needed to do a couple of things. I know my bow is tuned. I took it in, had them double check, shooting bullets right through paper. It's like, okay, bow is tuned. Things are looking good. 
Um, I didn't want to have to worry about any of that fine tuning, the fine tuning of, or sighting in with field ports. I didn't care about. That was something I knew, uh, if I was, I sat for a while shooting like high and right or something for a little while. And I was fine with it. Didn't really care. Uh, I spend so much of my summer just sighting in and I didn't want to do that this summer. Uh, cause you're sighting in, you're changing, you're doing all kinds of things. Um, shooting three or four or five, six different arrow setups. So, uh, I wanted to just focus on shooting, shooting, uh, quality groups, shooting, um, different distances and messing around with my site was a part of that too. I did some changes to my site. So my bottom pin, I've got a HHA, um, Tetra max four. So the bottom pin is the slider. And then I've got a other pins that are 20, 30, 40, 50, and that 50 pins by slider. Awesome site. I love it. You only got four pins. And right now 20, 30, 40. And then that bottom pin is 50. Uh, that dial is left at 50 or it's zeroed out at 50. And now I can just change it. And that's going to put me, uh, anything up to a hundred. Um, so I'm liking that. Uh, next thing after the tuning was, um, got my arrow set up, my diameter, the inserts, all that. The one thing I don't mess around with in my arrow setup is FOC, uh, front of center, all that weight. I know I'm sitting roughly at 15, 16%, which I hear is just fine. Uh, the only thing I probably would like to do in the future is look into 125 grain field points. Um, or, mm, I don't know, that's probably cheaper, honestly, changing field points uh, than adding whole new uh, inserts. And that makes all my arrows worthless then because I can't just cut them off and put something new on. So I'm going to need to just look into 125 grain field points. Um, I'm going to sit one. I got an iron wheel sitting here. It's the only iron wheel I have. Buddy gave me to, to mess around with. Uh, I haven't shot it yet, and I don't know if I want to yet. I think next year I'll mess around with it just to give it a little bit more front and center weight. And who knows? Maybe that just gives me amazing accuracy and, and gets you even closer to what your field points are shooting. So something to mess around with. Um, so in the arrow fletching setup, uh, my process was uh, to ditch the old system. I was ditching it. So I wanted to try, I tried a three fletch and I tried a four fletch. And I wanted to just work on the, the fletchings period. Um, I did not notice any difference really when you have just that uh your fletchings and a field point on 20 to 50 yards i did not notice any difference that's because the steering is not needed as much it's just a field point on the front so i needed to put on some broadheads and i would test the precision of that aero flight with a broadhead on 20 to 50 yards over and over and over again shooting one at 20, then shooting it at 50, shooting at 20, shooting at 50, trying to save the time instead of going 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I wanted to see what close range was and I wanted to see what far, further range was. Uh, and messing around with the Rage Tripans, the Helix FJ4s, shooting a 365 target, 
I've been digging that target. It's pretty nice for uh, um, shooting broadheads. And also, little tip: when to save your broadhead targets, follow the path your arrow went out. Just don't yank your arrow out, but pull it out along the the rotational path. Because as that arrow goes in, if you got a good broadhead, it rotates. And I noticed like crazy with this single bevel broadhead of uh, the Helix FJ4s, it rotated like crazy way more than the uh, raised tripans. Uh, and what I noticed last week as I was shooting, I was making the my last cha- my last decisions on the broadheads is the rage tripans would hit, and I just hear that loud click of it opening up as it hit and that arrow would almost be at an angle. So it just did something funky, like maybe opened unevenly. And even on that soft foam target, I started getting some bends in the, the blades and it started to mess with that arrow flight. That alone right there said, you are out. I'm done with them. Um, I, I still think these are a really great broadhead. I think they, they could be, um, if you had a fresh one all the time, but this is not a broadhead. I don't think to be using over and over again, um, or even trying to re you can't really resharpen them. Maybe you can, but I'm not going to try and mess around with that. Uh, so I did notice that on the, uh, FJ fours, those babies are sharp and they stay sharp. And you notice that with those higher quality, uh, two, uh, fixed blades, those things stay sharp way way more than the the montex that i'd been shooting i'm done with those i got a bunch of those still left over and i'm not going to be using them because they just do not hold their edge like any of these others so back to this process um i would shoot 20 to 50 with a different setup each time i would if you ever done low development with a rifle it's the same stinking thing Go fletch up two arrows because you can always have one that's going to be a little goofy. And that's the whole point of putting uh, wraps on is fletchings aren't too expensive. Um, and and these wraps are a little more, they're a little rough, but um, they're not too bad. The Silent Night ones are cheap. That's the good thing about it. I, I didn't spend too terrible much on them. So uh, get some wraps. Try your uh, three fletch with your broadhead and try it at, I tried it at 20, 50, and 60, and saw how that compared. I had the um, the AA hybrids. That's where I found out those little teeny fletchings did not have enough steering for that big broadhead um, of the fixed blade. And maybe somebody would be like, duh, you can't just take those little things on a big fixed blade. That doesn't work. So that's what I found out. I, I found it out through trial and error, and that's where I'm sure those people found that out. So you can put your itty bitty little fletchings uh, on arrows if you use mechanicals or a like a a slick tricks. I think is an awesome little broadhead. Um, that would be something I would consider something that flies really really well. I use those for work, um, and I don't have to worry about too much resetting in for the broadheads. So uh, the reason why also. I went with a four fletch instead of a three fletch is I shot it. I shot the four and I shot the three. And every time that gave me, I was shooting to the left. I remember shooting to the left with the fours and the threes and the silent nights. 
and it ended up being like a foot to the left at whatever distance it was with the three blade and it was six inches to the left with the four four fletch so i thought okay more steering it's gonna it's coming in there a little tighter each time so that's what i went with four fletch silent night lots of steering and a broadhead that is going to slice and dice and twist as it goes in. That's the big thing that I think is you corkscrew on your way in. So a single bevel broadhead is pretty important to me um, now. And that's why I'm going to pull this iron wheel out of here. That, man, when you get these things that come in a fancy little box and it's just a sweet little, no, this one's a double bevel. Dang, that's going to mess up my testing for next year. God, that thing is razor sharp. Uh, sweet little broadhead, though. Love to mess around with shooting one of those. But these FJ4s, after shooting it over and over and over again, which it should have been dull, uh, but wasn't, still cut me. And I think it's a going to be a, a killer. So um, anyway, to wrap this up, big thing is sh- doing some trial and error with your shooting. Um, if you see something you like, don't just fletch a dozen arrows into that thing or take someone's recommendation for for what that is spend the money and get it if you had to if i had to start all over again on this i'd I'd buy two dozen arrows i would then buy um you could mess around the weights i've already done that in the past with uh um weights in the front as far as the insert um, you could maybe simulate that or figure that out, which weight to go by putting, grabbing an insert, finding what that FOC is before you even buy them uh, and, and go from there. But the minus the weight portion of that front end, that could be adjusted with a broadhead. Uh, besides that, get a dozen arrows, uh, a dozen or two dozen brand new field points. Don't just use your same ones over and over again uh, and then weigh those out. Uh, the inserts are going to be different. The, the field points are going to be different and you could match those to get uh, things very even across all your arrows. That's in that uh, uh, bow only uh, YouTube video. You ought to go check that out. And then uh, the next thing I would do is get a few of each of the, the fletchings that you were, are wanting to mess around with. That's what I did. So I took a couple of those fletched them at three fletched them at four shot them to see what the results were. And again, I did not care where my field points were going. I wanted to see how it was steering a broadhead. Uh, the things I did not test were how did broadheads cut and penetrate and all that sort of thing. There's YouTube videos for that. It's going to cut and do whatever. I can watch somebody in some gel foam or shoot through a, a shoulder blade or something like that. I don't really need to do any of that. Don't want to do any of that. Um, I just want to see how they fly in my bow. So the things that are, I can't YouTube is what flies best out of my bow. So what I needed to build some various things to get to that point. So that's what I did. And I'll wrap that this up just with um, saying that, that uh, you spend some money doing this, get a few different fletchings, try them, try some things out. Oh, also get brand new knocks. Uh, don't grab old knocks. Those, you want to have things to be equally pinching onto your your string uh, so that those are flying correctly. But hope you guys find some success this fall. 
and uh, it's probably too late to be messing around with your your bows and arrow setup. Uh, meaning to do this a long time ago and probably not as detailed as that process. I could not just lay out my process of how I trial and aired through this, these, all these arrows, because it took me, uh, I've been doing it for the last three months and messing around with it, trying to find the right setup. And all it was was time in my yard, shooting and shooting and shooting at various distances, seeing what was accurate and then sighting in from my broadheads. And right now, I know exactly where my broadheads hit and I feel really good about it. Oh, one more big tip. After finding which ones shoot really well, I have now, they're numbered, obviously, uh, arrows one and two or whatever they are. Arrow number one shoots awesome. Maybe it's because I sighted into that one arrow. And arrow two shot really great. I threw out one arrow, but I am attaching the field or the broadheads to that arrow and I am leaving it alone. The next time I pull that arrow out to shoot is to be shooting it with an animal. So that arrow is going to be left alone. If I want to practice, I'm going to practice with uh, some other other arrows and other, other setups. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, once again, give it a good rating if you would. Uh, or also, if you need some discount codes on some things, Ridge Patrol, uh, Clint 10. Um, also... Wilderness Athlete, promo code Hunting Hub. And if you haven't checked out the Outdoor Call Radio app, go check that out. Let's get some different hunting content every day, all day. Every once in a while, it's fun to go with, like, just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.